open up your Bibles to the third gospel. Anybody guess what that is? It's, no, it's not Luke. No, it's Luke. I'm kidding. Open up your Bibles to the first gospel. She's like, oh, you, you just made me turn to the third. Second one. Go to the second gospel. Mark. Go to Mark. Go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. You already there? Matt's already there. I got two Bibles tonight. I'm always asking everybody else for their Bible, so I brought my own. I'm always asking for somebody's New Living translation, but I bought... I brought my own new living tonight. This was my first Bible. Isn't that amazing? My first Bible right here. Looks good. It's kind of beat up. I actually had to take shoe glue to glue it back together because it fell apart. Shoe glue, it works good. Mark chapter 9. How many of you been enjoying the series, Making Friends? How many of you actually been making friends? Read, they're like robots, man. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I talked about bare butt naked. Just trying to get some of your attention. Talked about being bare naked. If you didn't, it, if you weren't there, you can hear it on the podcast. Um, it's about living life bare naked before people. Bearing your hearts with each other. You guys remember this message a couple weeks ago? I kind of updated us last week. You're not my friend until you've bared your heart with me. We have so many friends on Facebook, uh, but you don't, you don't really have a friend until you've really bared your heart with them. I take that from John 15. Jesus says, you are now my friends because I've bared my heart with you. Or rather, I've told you everything the Father has told me. So Jesus is telling us that there is a transition from an acquaintance, from somebody that just hangs out with somebody, to real, genuine, authentic friendship. And that transition is when somebody bears their heart and tells them their whole heart. And so we want to talk about making friends, and that doesn't mean getting a bunch of kids on Facebook and saying they're my friends. It means you actually sitting down with somebody and bearing your heart with them, even if they don't bear their heart with you. We talked about the poker chips. Remember that? You put out your poker chips and they'll match you. Don't wait for them. Well, they didn't tell me nothing yet. You be a leader and you lead that relationship. Make friends. Making friends is an action. It's not a, it's not a passive command. It's an active, aggressive command to make friends, to aggressively pursue intentionally making friends, right? And you bearing your heart with somebody is something that is not just something that just naturally happens. Believe me, you're not going to naturally want to tell somebody your struggles, your weaknesses, your failures. But that's where real friendship is. It's when you tell somebody all about who you are, all of your struggles. When you bear your heart, you make genuine friendships. But until you bear your heart, you don't have genuine friendships. Something that we long for and need so much is genuine, authentic Friendships. And it's something that we are all, we're all, we all don't have. Most of us don't have because we're afraid of being real with somebody. But the transition into a real friendship is when you tell them your whole life. The goal in that is that, you, is that your whole heart is wide open before God and before man. That's the goal. Is that nothing in your heart is hidden. 
I'm talking about those crazy thoughts that go through your head. I'm talking about the random dreams that you have. I'm talking about things you don't talk about in church, but I'm talking about them in church. I'm talking about you bearing your heart with somebody. Not just you confessing your faults, right? But you boasting in your weaknesses, right? Right? We're really good at boasting in our good stuff, aren't we? We'll talk a little bit more about that tonight. It'll be fun. Who and how much you share to each person is up to your discretion. Who you share your heart with and how much you share with a certain person, this is just wisdom for you to to protect yourself. Who and how much is up to your discretion. I think it's interesting that Jesus had a friend. His name is Judas. Isn't it amazing that Jesus still chose Judas knowing that Judas would betray Jesus? And he still was his friend. To me, that shows that, you know, sometimes you're going to get heart hurt. And that doesn't, make, that, that doesn't mean you made the wrong decision to share your life with them. That just means they made the wrong decision to turn your, their back on you. The key for you, though, is to be intentional about bearing your heart with people. Until then, you don't have friends. I'm just going to say it. Until then, you don't have friends. You may have acquaintances that make you feel good, and that you may flatter and make them feel good. But until you learn to be real with each other, you're not really friends. God help us. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln said this, My great concern is not whether you have failed, but whether you are content with your failure. All of us have failed. But most of us aren't content with our failures. Most of us don't talk about them. Do we? Then we talked about being intentionally intentional. Last week, we talked about being intentionally intentional. I said, what are we doing if we're not making friends? In life, we're doing so many random, spontaneous things, but we're not doing anything intentional. And until you're intentionally intentional about making friends and pursuing people in order to be their friend and to be authentic and real with them, to develop a real relationship, you're not really doing anything. Because God calls us to love God and love one another. And loving God looks like us, sure, worshiping Him and, and, and praising Him and living holy for Him. Meaning that there's no other idols in your life. He is your one idol, if you will. He is the one that you look to and that you hold on to, that you look to for significance and importance in life. And your source of life and your source of hope and your source of peace and joy. He is the only one. And then you love people. You love one another. And if you're not loving people, then what are you doing? First John, John tells us that if you're not loving people and you actually, uh, God isn't living in you. You're not a Christian if you don't love people. Let's go a little further. You're not being a Christian if you're not being intentional about pursuing people and making friends with them. Including them into your, Gabriel, that's not my personality. Gabriel, that's just not, that's just not my personality. But, but what I read in the Bible is that it doesn't tell us that for those people who are outgoing, you guys make friends. But for the rest, the rest of you that aren't outgoing and, and loving and tenderhearted, you guys don't need to. I don't see that. There's one standard, isn't there? There's one standard. And it's for us to love each other. I, I, really, I really like... Uh, I really like Seth's, Seth's wife. Elena is an amazing woman of God. 
she's very tender. She's very compassionate. She's very merciful. She's very kind. She's very nice. She's very loving. That's not just her nature. Sure, she might have some bends to be tender-hearted. But when mercy and genuine love comes through her and we sense that and we feel that from her, and girls, you know what I'm talking about, it's not because she's just naturally some nice person. It's because the, the work, the grace, the love of God is working in and through her and she's being an intentional to love people. But we've too many times have excused that and said, well, that's just, that's just Elena. Well, that's just Reed. Reed's just that guy. He's, a, he's, the, he's the guy that goes and meets friends and is nice to everybody. Really? I don't see that in the Bible. And I want to live from the Bible. And the Bible tells us to love people, to pursue people, don't just desire, we read it last week, don't just desire good relationships. Pursue them and go after them. And, and, and this is the other thing. Don't just pursue the friends you already have because then you get really clicky, you know what I mean? You, you turn into a cult. And it gets kind of weird and, and nobody ever wants to come around you. And you may wonder, why am I hanging out the same friends? If you've had the same friends for the past even year and you haven't branched out, you have a problem. Branch out. Don't be so, you know what I mean, Reed? I mean, we get like that, don't we? We get too closed off and get too, this is us for no more. Well, don't be like that. There's no sex and cults. <laughs> There's no sects and cults. <clears throat> There's no sex in the church. <laughs> I'm trying, bro. There's no sects and cults. In God's kingdom. There ain't any. There's a family that loves each other. Man, I got to go back to my Bible. That's the past two weeks. Tonight we're talking about blessing each other. Called to bless. Making friends. Called to bless. That's my title tonight. Making friends and called to bless. Mark chapter 9, verse 33. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It reads like this. After they arrived at Capernaum, Jesus and his disciples settled in the house where they would be staying. So they sat down. They got all comfy. Jesus liked to rest. Jesus asked them, what were you discussing out on the road? So apparently they'd been walking for a while, and Jesus had overheard them talking. So he asked them, what were you discussing? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. <laughs> I think that's funny. They didn't answer him because they were afraid that he knew what they were talking about. And so uh, he sat down and called the 12 disciples over to him. And then he said, anyone who wants to be the first must take last place. Say last place. Say last place. And be the servant of everyone else. So they're arguing who's going to be the best. And Jesus says, whoever wants to be the best... Let him be the least. Completely offers us something that is completely contrary to our nature, completely contrary to our culture, completely contrary to our natural desires and inclinations. He says, if you want to be the best, I'm telling you to be the worst, to be the least. We'll talk about that tonight. What it looks like to be the least. I'm going back to 1 Peter chapter 3. I love this uh, scripture. We've been, been talking about this for the past few weeks. I, I have it on my notes here. I printed it out in the message version of 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12. This is what it says, 1 Peter 3, 8 
through 12. And we've read it like this before, but we're going to read it like this again because I'm going to be pulling some things out of here tonight and looking at this scripture from the message translation. It says this, summing up, to wrap it all up, be agreeable, be sympathetic. We talked about that, right? Sympathizing with one another's weaknesses. When somebody bears their heart with you, don't kick them. (laughs) Don't cut their hair. Don't get mad at them. Don't rebuke them. Don't, oh, you're a bad person. (laughs) Thanks. They won't tell you things again. And you just lost a friend probably. Unless they forgive you, which they should. Amen? Be sympathetic. Be loving. I'm glad that they said that. Be compassionate and be humble. These are all intentional words. I want you to be agreeable. I want you to be sympathetic. I want you to be loving, be compassionate, and be humble. These are the things I want you to do. When you do these things, you're really loving one another. You're really genuinely, authentically, intentionally, relentlessly pursuing and making friends. When you do these things, you're doing that. You're being intentional. He says that goes for all of you. No exceptions. No exceptions. No, no matter your background or your struggles or your personality, no exceptions. This is for all of you. No retaliations. Don't retaliate. Don't, don't, don't insult somebody that insulted you. Don't retaliate. Man, that ain't like our nature either, is it? When somebody hits me or insults me, what do I want to do? Pop them in the head. <laughs> he says, don't retaliate. No sharp-tongued sarcasm. No sharp tongue sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. God looks on all this with approval, listening and responding well to what he's asked. But he turns his back on those who do evil things. Let's pray. You pray with me, and we'll get started tonight. God, tonight, Heavenly Father, we're thankful that you call us your children. God, for those of us here tonight who are not your children, I pray by your Spirit you'd woo and draw us and make them your children, Lord. God, for those of us who are your children, God, those who are called by your name and have been born again, God, I pray that you would encourage us tonight. God, that you would knit us together and bind us in in the bond of perfection. God, that you cause us to love one another and bless each other. Help us, God. Help us tonight, Holy Spirit. Convict our hearts and show us where we have fallen short in in this way. Forgive us for always trying to be the greatest, always fighting for a higher position. Help us to be the least and show us what that looks like tonight. Practically, Lord, we want to, we really want to. And if we don't, Lord, forgive us for not wanting to and make us, make our hearts want to. We love you so much, Lord. Help us to practically live out your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, let's do this. I got a quick video. You guys ready up there? You guys like watching Planet Earth? I don't know if that was Planet Earth, but I love watching I love watching Planet Earth. I think we learned something from that little uh, clip there. Thanks, Tom. I think we learned something from that little clip there that uh, animals, uh, especially, you know, it's, especially if you live in Alaska, you see, uh, bulls, uh, bull moose fighting each other for a, for a, for a cow. Uh, you've probably even seen it in your backyard before. 
trying to impress each other, trying to impress the girl, you know, the female. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I think if there's if there's anything that we can we can take from that, it's that, that we have a similar nature. That that sure it, it happens with guys and girls, but even more particularly, uh, or more simply put, that it happens with all of us. Uh, that we are just like those birds where we, if just like he said, since I've got it, I'll flaunt it. And we kind of live that way, kind of live from the from from that mentality. You know, since I've got it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna flaunt it because if 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 I can flaunt it enough, then they're gonna think I'm pretty legit. I'm not talking about the person sitting next to you. I'm not even talking about anybody in here particularly. So if you think this message is for you, then let it be for you. But I'm not thinking about any particularly. But if the if the boot fits, wear it. Isn't that funny, dude? We're really good at making ourselves look good. We're really good at boasting and, and praising ourselves. We're really good at talking about the things that make us look good. We're naturally inclined to do that. All of us are naturally inclined to make ourselves look good because of our fallen nature. It's kind of like Adam and Eve, you know, instantly from the moment, kind of like we find here uh, where the disciples are arguing at who's the better one. It, we find it from the, from, from, from the garden where Adam and Eve sin, and the first thing they do is to begin to point fingers and to accuse somebody else, the other one. Because if they can accuse the other one, then they're the better one. And we find it throughout all Scripture, especially a few times when Jesus is with his disciples where they are arguing about who's going to be the greatest among them. They're arguing. They're disputing. They got into a controversy over who's going to be the best. Who's going to be the best? They actually got into an argument about it. And, and we may not necessarily get in arguments about who's the best, but we sure do look like those birds walking around flaunting ourselves a lot. And we, we hide it behind so many different shades and colors. And we hide it behind so much false humility that makes it look like we're not. But in reality, we really are flaunting ourselves. We're, we're, we're boasting in ourselves. We're, we're talking about all the things that we're good at. We do it too much. We're really good at making ourselves look good, and we're really good at making others look bad. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, just think about it for a minute. Just think about it. We're really good at making ourselves look good and making other people look bad. I'm really good at that. I know how to, I know how to make, I naturally know how to make, make people laugh by cutting somebody else down and making me look good. I know how to do that. And so do many of you. Don't deny it because I see it all the time. I've been in this youth ministry for six years, and I see it. And I've been around human beings, and they do it. Really good at making ourselves look good. Here, let me read a scripture real quick. Proverbs. Proverbs, uh, I, I, I think it's 27. Twenty-seven, verse two. It says, "Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth; a stranger, and not your own lips. Don't praise yourself. Stop it. 
Lord, help me to stop praising myself. That should be our prayer every morning. One of our prayers as we walk and we spend time with people. God, help me to not praise myself so much. You know what I mean? They disputed amongst themselves. And then Jesus says, if anyone wants to be first, he must take last place. We're not naturally all right with this, are we? We naturally want to be first, huh? I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but a guy named Ralph Waldo Emerson says this. A great man is always willing to be little. A great man is always willing to be little. Not to, bel- to, not to belittle, but to be little. A great man is always willing to be little. But we don't do that, you know. We, we, we do everything we can to create our own platform and, and create some type of, 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 of platform that we can stand on, that everybody can see our colors. That everybody can see our robe of many colors. Beautiful colors and, and how dazzling we are. And then we don't only do that, but then in relationships, as you hang out, even after this night tonight, you'll see it. I hope not, but, but, it, but I think it will happen again. I think some of us will fall again. We're, we're, we'll praise ourselves and then we'll make fun of somebody else in the same sentence. Jesus says, make yourself the least. What does that mean? What does it mean to make yourself the least? I mean, we hear it, we're like, oh, that's such deep revelation, dude. Make myself the least, and then I'm the greatest. What does that even mean? Like, practically in my life, day by day, what does that practically mean for me to make myself least? I think I want to answer that question, and I want to answer that question tonight. You make yourself least or less when you make others look better. When you, when you intentionally make your friends look, it's not just you bearing your heart with them, but now it's also you praising them. When they, when they struggle or when they stumble, you say, yeah, bro, I'm there with you too. And then you praise them for the things that they're good at, for their strengths, for who they are in Christ, for the character that you've seen in them. You, you see what I'm saying? Because look, it's not natural for us to, 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 to boast in our weaknesses, and it's not natural for us to praise other people. What's natural is us for boasting our, in our strengths and to talk about others' weaknesses. But Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest, I'm asking you to be the least. And the way that we're the least and make others the greatest is when we make others the greatest and look, make them look better and us look less. This is not natural. But this is Christianity. If the love of God abides in you, you should be convicted right now. Because I'm convicted. I'm convicted because I want to live this way. Because I'm, I'm naturally, I, I, I don't like to do that. Because when, I, when I'm praising somebody else, at that moment, I'm getting down on a knee and I'm saying they're this. And I'm saying that, that you're amazing or I'm, I'm, I'm in essence creating a platform for them. And I'm saying that you are amazing. You are strong or you're so encouraging or 
I see just, you're so real. You're so genuine. You're humble. Whatever it is that you, you choose to praise somebody for, don't just say, oh, you're a cool person. That's not praise. You know, it's usually the things that you don't want to tell people they're good at. Like maybe they're better at you in a sport, and you don't want to tell them that. You don't want to tell them they're better than you, because the moment you tell them you're better, they're better than you, then they just won. You know, you know they, they won. That was probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do. <laughs> I had to go to somebody because I was so convicted by the Lord because I never wanted to tell this person that they were better than me in this sport. I didn't want to accept it. <laughs> True. It's basketball. And I, and I went to them, and I just, it was, always, it was so hard. And I kind of regret it, but I know it was the right thing to do, you know? Like, I know I should have done it, but I just didn't want to do it. Like, I just, everything inside me didn't want to, but that's why I needed to. Because at that moment, I was choosing to be less so that they would be greater. You, you see what I'm saying? No retaliation. Somebody will come against us or accuse us or persecute us or hurt us or say something rude to us. And most of us, especially if we're immature, we just say something right back. Just either say something or we whack them. Usually guys just whack them or, or we get bitter, you know. You're really bitter and you're like, all right, get you next time. Don't retaliate. In our Christian community, there should be no retaliation. Lord, help me. I don't want to retaliate. But I know I naturally do. Jesus is accused of everything, yet did nothing wrong. And yet, he didn't retaliate once. But he blessed them, didn't he? Don't retaliate. He says, no retaliation and no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Oh, that hurts. I remember when I first came to this, this school heritage, when I first got saved, uh, sharp-tongued sarcasm was something very common. Anybody aware of this? You guys understand? Six of you. Those of you who want to admit it. But it, it kind of hurts, you know, because we don't really want to admit that that's wrong, but uh, it is because sarcasm in, in, in its simplest form is a way to uh, cut somebody down hurt them, and make you look good. Make everybody else laugh at you because you're funny. And then make that person look stupid. You see, you see what I'm saying? You hear it? Anybody? Okay. I'm talking about things that we do because we're afraid that if I don't hurt them first, they're going to hurt me. It's a fight. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle that we get in. And we're not fighting to be least in this. We're fighting to be greatest. You're not trying to be the least. You're trying to be the best. But Jesus says, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. 
we got to stop cutting each other down. You are brothers and sisters in Jesus. But yet you insult each other. We're, we're rude to each other. You know, you know, we make fun of each other. Is it because you don't have anyone else to make fun of? You make fun of, make fun of yourself. People might like you more. Now, I, I don't think it's, not, not, now, I want to say this. It's not always good to make fun of yourself. But if you have to make fun of somebody, make fun of yourself. If you don't have anything, you want an example? If you don't, if you don't, I'll think of one. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. It's an old saying, but it's a wise saying. If you feel like you need to cut somebody down, don't talk. Just sit there. Why aren't you talking? I'm, I'm a mean person. <laughs> okay. If that starts happening in our culture, praise God. If, if there's less talk in our culture, good. Because in, in, what's that proverb? In a lot of words, there's foolishness. New Living Gabriel translation. <clears throat> in all of our many words and colors, <clears throat> there is sin. And there is foolishness. I'm not talking about you trying to be a better person. I'm talking about you stop persecuting and insulting each other. You hear what I'm saying? Man, that hurts. It cuts deep, but it's truth. We got to receive that and stop insulting each other. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. But he says this. The writer Peter says, instead, what else am I going to do, Gabriel? I don't know what else to say. If you don't have nothing else good to say, either don't say anything, but Peter says, bless. Instead, bless. The New King James says, for this is what you were called to. You were called to bless. Two things in life. First Peter actually says it. In chapter 2, I think 9. For we were Chosen and called to declare the praises of God. To declare the praises of God. That we were called to declare the praises of God and also to praise and bless one another. Two things, I think. To love God and to love each other, right? I'm called to, to bless God by my lifestyle. And I bless God by my lifestyle by loving and blessing and praising Every person I come into contact with. And blessing is not something that naturally happens because it's not your natural nature. But in Christ, and as you rest and abide in Him, something begins to overflow out of your heart because you've hopefully spent time with Him. And if you haven't, then it's not going to show. But if you do rest and abide in His love, then His love and blessing is going to flow through you. He says, instead, bless, because you were called to this. Bless, He says. That's your job. I'm a Christian. I work for God. What's my job? Go look for people and bless them. That's it. Stop praising yourself. Stop talking about your successes. 
God help me. I, I'm, I, right now, I'm trying to realize all the times that I'm saying all these things, all the things that I've said, all my successes, all my, I just want somebody to know, did you see what I just did? Yeah, everybody saw. Thanks for pointing it out, you know. And you know what? I hate it when other people do it. How many, how many are with me? People start talking about themselves. Isn't it annoying? But isn't it so funny that we all do it? And then it feels awkward because they're like, yeah, you did really good. And you're like, oh, thanks. I had to tell you, you know? You know what I mean? Or we wait for somebody to say, you're like, yeah, I know. It was crazy. It's God, you know? It's God. I mean, he's big. <laughs> and I'm small. <laughs> but it was God. You know, we just sit and wait for somebody. You know, we turn our ears too much and we don't point our mouths enough to bless. We should listen to each other more and bless each other more. Who can bless each other more? We should start like a, there should be a Nintendo game. I was thinking about this. We should create a Christian Nintendo game. Like what if, like, you know how like Mario like runs around, they get like one up and they get all those little things. He gets like, it's big. What if there was like a, okay, just throwing that out there. I'll never make it or create it, but I'm trying, bro. <clears throat> Be intentional to bless. You with me? Be intentional to praise, to lift up, and to exhort one another. Flip over. We're going to go to this last scripture, and we're going we're gonna to kind of run out of here. Ephesians. Sorry, you're like, where are we going? Dang, this is a Bible I don't read out of. Okay, Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 25. Okay, it says this. So put away all falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth. The New King James says, stop lying to each other. Stop lying. I was thinking about this recently. I was thinking, do you really think that they were walking around and lying to each other? Like, yeah, I live in a mansion. But they like lived in a hut or something? Dude, I live right next door to you. Shut up. Like, do you think that they, like, that they were really, like, compulsive liars? I mean, maybe there was some of that. Maybe there was some of them, like, running around and just making lies. But I think what was going on is that there was falsehood. They were fake. They put on these facades. They lied to each other. They didn't tell each other. They didn't bear their heart with each other. He says, put away falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth because we belong to each other. You belong to each other. You belong with one another. Not the girl you're thinking of, guy. You belong to each other. Don't sin by letting anger gain over control over you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, stop stealing. Begin using your hands for honest work. Get a job. That's what he's saying. Thanks, Paul. He's legit, man. Get a job. There should be a verse. Get a job. <laughs> Gabriel translation. Stop stealing. I wonder, I was like, do you think they were all stealing? Or they, like, they just didn't work and they just went to each other's houses and ate their food. That's probably what was going on. Eating their food, sleeping in their bed. Stop stealing. Get a job. Then you can give generously. See, that's why I work. I don't work so I can get everything I want. We should work so that we can give generously. 
Don't use foul or abusive language. Key verse. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear him. Okay, hear me real quick. The New King James says, speak to one another so that your hearers would receive grace. Or rather, that you would impart, the word is impart, to, to put in somebody grace. That you, would, that you would, by your words, intentionally speak something over them that would edify them. Like you were sitting there in your worship service or somebody was preaching or somebody laid their hands on you and declared a word of God and prophesied over you. Did you know that when you're just spending time with each other, that you can declare truth to each other and impart grace to each other and actually edify and encourage one another in the Lord? Just by your words, you can speak life. Think about the last time somebody blessed you or praised you or said something about you. What did it do? It built you up, didn't it? But we don't do that enough. I can't think of anything to praise them about. Well, you got a problem. The devil's a liar. Look and search. Let's, let's, let's look for things in each other. Because when you do this, you make yourself less. Selfless. You make yourself least. And you make them greater, don't you? Are you encouraged tonight? Come on, are we challenged tonight? Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's be real intentional about going out of our way. What are you doing? I'm just looking for somebody to bless. I said it before a few months ago that, it, it, that I have this invisible banner over my over my. Uh, a door walking out of my house or my apartment. <clears throat> He's lying. He doesn't have a house. <laughs> and the invisible banner says, look for somebody and make them feel valuable. I just, I just, every day I just want, I, my, my, and I'm not very good at it, but I try to remind myself, God help me, to make somebody feel important this day. Make every person, I want every person that what I spend time with Make them feel valuable and let you be glorified. Let them see how great you are and let them see how you see them. I want to declare how you see them, not how I see them, not the things that their faults and their mistakes. You know what? We all know how many mistakes we make, we all know our failures. We don't need people to always remind us of our failures, we need people to remind us of how God sees us. And you have that ability. You have that ability. You have that power within you to make somebody be encouraged and edified by declaring life and blessing and praise over them. You have that. Because the spirit that lives in you is God who rose Jesus from the dead. And when you speak life, there is blessing and there is grace that comes from it. And you edify, you build up those people that are listening to you. I'm encouraging you because people will want to spend more time with you if you speak less harm, no harm, and you look to bless. God, help us. I'm challenged by this because I don't do this enough because I realize that when I look to praise somebody else and they don't recognize the things in me, I don't want to naturally do it. 
I don't want to naturally do it because I want them to notice what I did. I want them to notice how good I did. Why do I always have to tell them how good they did? They never tell me how good I did. You know what I mean? But wow, what a culture, you know? What a culture if we started to do that. What if we started, how about this? What if we stopped this, this sharp tongue sarcasm, this rude behavior, this hurtful language, this intentional cutting and slandering and gossiping, and we started intentionally daily looking to praise and bless and impart grace to one another? What would happen? People would love to be a part of this culture. You know what I hear? I hear whispers of people saying that that youth ministry is like a cult and it makes me sick. It makes me sick because the last thing that the church should be known for is a cult. The church should be known for is those people who are not cultic or Celtic or sectic, but those who are including and inclusive. Come on, include somebody. Come on, find somebody to include them. And look for, don't flatter people. Stop flattering people. Don't lie to them. If they don't look good that day, we might just tell them anyway. Because <clears throat> sometimes people seem to hear they look good, you know what I mean? But don't lie to them and don't flatter them. Ah, we do that, girls do that too much. I'm just saying. Oh, wow, you look good. Your shoes are nice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Almost was, why don't guys just start doing that? Nice jeans, dog. D- denim, bro, nice, you know. <laughs> why do girls get to do that, but guys don't? <clears throat> I think it's cute. Keep doing it, but just don't lie to each other. It's cute. <laughs> don't lie to each other. You with me? I guess my, my prayer and my concern is that <sighs> this would actually happen. I really want this to happen. Does anybody else want this to happen? This is an anonymous writer. I wish I, wish I said it because it sounds good. I'm just kidding. Now, see, that's that pride in me, man. I just want people to know I said it, but. I'm <laughs> just being honest. Don't laugh at me. Shoot, man. A big man is one who makes us feel bigger. Not bigger, but feel bigger, more important when we're with him. A great man, a great leader, a great woman is one who makes us feel greater when we're with him. Oh, man, what if we did that? What if, what if unbelievers got around us and we made them feel so important that they just, with everything in them, wanted to know what it was that they would have what we had? You know what I mean? Like they, they would look at us and say, wow, you guys are so legit, dude. Can I have some of that? Dude, we don't give weed out here, bro, but we do give some Jesus. But like what if, what if we... What if when people go around the, the, the big man, the big church, that they felt so important? That should be what they, man, when I go to GM, I feel like I'm the coolest person in the world. I went to that small group. This is what you actually hear. I went to that small group. 
I felt kind of on the outside. I hear that sometimes. I don't really want to go back to that small group. They're kind of, they're kind of like their own little sect, you know. They're, that shouldn't be said. Leaders, it's your job to be looking for those who don't feel like they're included. And it's your job to make them feel included. And I'm not just saying to leaders in GM. I'm saying to all of you Christians because you're leaders in your community. Real friends build others up. And they make a platform for them to stand on. Would you stand up with me? Seth, will you bring your worship team up as we close tonight? We're going to just do one song here. And I kind of went a little over tonight. You could, Thank you. Thank you. I need to hear that. Thanks, bro. I received that. Anybody else? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Denim, bro. Sevens, dog. Okay, stop flattering. Stop. <laughs> Did they not hear what I just said? <laughs> real friend build real friends build up one another. And they make a platform for them to stand on. Can I say this as the worship team will start playing here in a second? And and we're gonna we're gonna worship and kinda go to one song and you can feel free to, to leave here at any minute. But let me just say this, as I've overemphasized tonight that this is not in your nature to love and to bless. But you know what makes it easier? And you know what changes your desires and motivates and compels you to do it? Paul says it in 2 Corinthians 5.14. I quote it almost every week. He says, the love of Christ compels us. Having judged thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And if all died, that they would not live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. His love, we've been singing about it tonight, compels us. And you know, tonight you could leave here feeling so darn challenged and hurt and, and even kind of start condemning yourself. And you can start thinking, I need, to, I need to be more loving and be more kind and try to bless somebody. But we need to stop focusing so much on our love for people and focus more on His love for us. And when you focus more on His love for you, it's more natural for you to love each other. So in all this series about making friends, make sure that every day you make a friend, a close friend, with him who sticks closer than a brother, the Bible says. And that's the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, wants to be your closest and best friend. And when you make that friend first, everything else gets easy. You may feel like it's kind of hard right now. Man, when you, mo- when, you, when you set your mind and your heart on his love for you, oh gosh, it gets easy. I know when I get in times of prayer, I get done, I just start hugging everybody. Someone read that the other day. Man, I spend time with God. I just want to love everybody. But when I wake up, I'm all cranky. I don't love nobody, do I? My wife knows it. <laughs> go back to your bed and go pray. All right, I'm going. You know, for real, that's what I do. She knows it when I don't spend time with Jesus. She asks me straight up. You didn't spend time with No, I haven't. It's so important that we're first loving God, then loving each other. Let's do that. God, tonight, 
help us to love you. 